You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy. Well, good afternoon. That's still weird. I don't even, like, we're recording this beforehand, and it's streaming in the afternoon, and church should be in the morning. Things are just strange. What a wild time to be alive. Uh, All right, so... We are going to continue on down the path of discipleship here. We've been going over this for a couple of weeks now. I think this is week six, if I remember correctly. My headset's going to try to fall off, so we're going to adjust it real quick here. Yeah, yeah, there it is. All right, all right, all right. Um, Cool. So we're going to continue as we go on down here with uh, discipleship, and and we've been using this this picture of the wheel. Let's throw that up on the screen. and so we've been talking about this discipleship wheel, and we progress through here. We, you know, we've been talking about sharing our lives and, and stuff like that and sharing truth. We're going we're gonna to move kind of into this next quadrant, uh, connecting. We're going to start talking about connecting. And, and the reason we did this is because we, we need to talk about sharing new habits. Absolutely, we're going to do that. But a lot of that happens inside of community, and we realized that. And so Rob was like, we're going to talk about connecting and sharing at the same time. Fantastic. The guy's a genius. So uh, don't tell him I said that. Um, Anyway, so the the question that you might have here that right off the top is, what does community have to do with discipleship? What does connecting to community have to do with discipleship? Because that's what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today. Well, to answer that question, I've got two, two good reasons. First reason is that uh, you're designed for human connection. And then the second one is that spiritual growth happens inside of community. So let's talk about that first reason, that you're designed for human connection, that you're designed for community, right? We could throw this all the way back to Genesis 2. You've heard us talk about Genesis 2 plenty, probably ad nauseum, right? You're like, I'm sick of Genesis 2. Give me something different. Because uh, it's not good for man to be alone, right? It's not good for man to be alone. And God, God designs us that way from the very beginning in the garden. Well, okay, so let's go, let's go forward in the story a little bit. Uh, we get to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's, uh, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to community to eating together, to praying together. This was that, that very first thing that the church did when it was just getting going after Christ left. This is the important thing for them is community, connecting together. Okay. Well, let's go forward a little further even. The church in Corinth, Paul is, is writing to them in 1 Corinthians in his letter to the church in Corinth. Chapter 12, it says this, <clears throat> Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. 
For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, if the whole thing were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, every single one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body, many parts, one body. How many times has he said that now? That there's multiple parts of one body? How many times? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should uh, have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. How many times does he come back to that? This multiple parts, each one of you, part of one body. We're designed for connection. We're designed to be brought together. We're designed for this interconnectivity. I mean, shoot, this last year with COVID, right? How much did you guys feel that when we had to quarantine, right? Or the fact that you maybe, maybe you didn't get to see your family as much as you normally would, or you couldn't travel as much, right? We didn't see, we didn't interact when we couldn't meet together for church. This Sunday is a perfect example of this. Like I'm missing meeting with you guys. I miss seeing you. Worship is not the same when it's me in an empty room. We're designed to be in relationship and connected. We're designed to need community. You are like a finger or a toe. Think of it this way. We'll go back to our body analogy, right? You're a finger. When you're detached from the body, if I cut off my finger, what's going to happen to it? What will happen to my finger? Well, my finger is going to rot and decompose because it's not connected to the body. The rest of my body might be okay. Probably like tourniquet it up or whatever you do. I don't know, a cigarette lighter. I saw that in a movie one time. Lori's going, no, don't do that. Uh, something like that. Um, see, my bo- my, the collective body needs to have a nurse is what... what that just told me. Um, But it's going to decompose. The rest of the body will probably be all right, but that finger is not going to do well. And yes, this passage is also talking about your design. Uh, It's talking about what you do and how you do it. And like, are you a finger? Are you a toe? Are you an eye, an ear, a foot? Right? Like, what, what, what is your purpose within the greater Christian body? Sure. And we'll probably talk about that later on. 
when we get into like how you serve or how you're designed to minister to people. We'll talk about that more. We'll probably come back to the same passage. But the main, at the base layer of this is that you are part of a body. You were designed for community. I don't know if I can make that point strong enough. You're, without it, you'll rot and decompose. That'd be no good. Okay. Let's talk about the second reason why community has to do with relationship and reasons why we need community. Spiritual growth happens in God's community. Spiritual growth occurs inside of God's community. I think probably 99 times, 999 times out of 1,000, I think spiritual growth happens inside community. I, I, I was trying to think of an example where it doesn't. I couldn't come up with one. I'm sure somebody smarter than me probably can. That's why I'm not going to say every time, but I think like almost all of the time. Spiritual growth occurs inside of God's community. Spiritual truths, new habits. We're going to talk about sharing new habits. That's that part of growing as a disciple. As we come around that wheel, sharing new, new habits and spiritual truths, they're better caught than taught is a phrase that Rob likes to use a lot. It's very tweetable. Feel free to tweet that on the Twitters, on the interwebs. Uh, it's better caught than taught. What's an example of this maybe in, in the Bible, you might ask? Well, I have an example for you. Fantastic. Uh, Paul's three, spir- uh, three missionary journeys, three spiritual journeys. I guess they're spiritual. It's probably spiritual, like God's involved. Paul has these three missionary journeys, though, in the book of Acts. We're not going to read through all of them because it's, it's all over the place and we'd be here till I don't know, the pandemic's over or something. But uh, these three missionary journeys, the first one, he goes on, he goes running around all over. It's a huge journey. And there's all this teaching. He's going from town to town and town to town and he's teaching and he's blowing people's minds because Paul's an incredible teacher. He's very eloquent. He's good at speaking. He's good at arguing and debating with people and people like what he has to say, but then he usually ends up getting run out of town at some point. Lots of teaching, not a lot of disciples are made. In fact, no disciples are made, I would say. You maybe make a case for one. Maybe we'll talk about that in footnotes. We'll we'll debate that. Uh, But lots of teaching, no disciples, though. The second journey goes around on the same path. He's gallivanting all over the countryside. There's still a lot of teaching, fair enough, but it's slower, right? He slows down. He makes some more relationships. He spends some time in some places. He kind of settles, if you will. We get to meet Priscilla and Aquila, and he, he brings Timothy along with him at this point, right? Makes a couple of disciples. I would say three. Okay. Slower, more relationships, a couple of disciples. More disciples on this second journey. And then we, get, we come to the third missionary journey. So we got our third journey here. And in this third journey, we see Paul kind of really get it. And he spends time in places. He starts setting up shop and he starts plying a trade, making tents. He's, he's reconnecting with the people that he, reconnect, that he made friendships with on that first journey, right? He's, he's slowing down. And it says in there, <clears throat> you'll have to look up where, but it says in, in the book of Acts, 
on this third journey, he makes about 12 disciples in this one place. And, and, and that's a curious phrase because did the Holy Spirit forget how to count? It's done this a couple of times. Did it forget how to count? It was, maybe it was 11, maybe it was 13. I don't know, but it was about 12. That might be a hint. Who do we know that made 12 disciples and spent his time walking around at three miles an hour teaching people? and living and doing life with them. Oh man, Paul is sounding a lot like Jesus in this. See, he, he's slowed down and he's, he's investing time and effort into relationship with people. And this is an example of things that are better caught than taught. See, because that first journey, he's running around and he's teaching. I'm speaking and I'm teaching and you're learning all these things but you're not really soaking them in. It's like a crock pot versus a microwave. It'll cook it, sure. But one of them, one of them breaks it down and, and the meat becomes tender and it's way more delicious. It's like putting something on a smoker or letting it marinate versus just like tossing it in the skillet and saying, well, it'll, it's safe to eat. Better caught than taught. Spiritual truths and new habits. Spiritual growth happens when you're in God's community and you slow down and you spend time in that community. All right, well, yeah, that, that's, that's back in the Bible, right? So <clears throat> that doesn't apply to us now. Well, let me tell you a story about Megan. Now, I've talked about Megan in the past, uh, last year in this, in this series, I talked about her. It's a great, it, it's a fantastic story that I got to experience. So I'm not going to tell the whole thing like in detail here, but the, the main bullet points here is that Megan did not have a connection to God. And then she got invited, invite, invited, I speak good, invited to join God's community, which happened to be my group that met for care group. And we met for Brenner. And we'd get together and we'd hang out. We had this good little community. And we enjoyed each other's company for the most part. Or we loved to hate each other, one or the other. I, I'm not sure. It was good community. And she, she liked that. She liked that community, that healthy community. She came in and she got, she got a taste of that. And she said, oh, I kind of like this. I like hanging out with these guys. I like coming together to drink mimosas and, and eat pancakes on a Wednesday night or, or sit around a fire pit and just shoot the breeze about whatever politic thing was happening. She liked that. She enjoyed that. Probably because we all cared for and loved each other. Okay. And because of that, because of that, because Megan enjoyed being around that community, <clears throat> she had the opportunity to catch all sorts of spiritual truths and habits from us. I don't think she intended to. I don't think a lot of times we were intending to do that. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be very pious around Megan just so that she catches the sight of God. No, in fact, maybe the opposite. Like, I, I just let my guard down and I was vulnerable. And that's what we all, we were just all really authentic. Gosh, that might be one of our core values here at Mission Ridge for a reason. Um, but we were authentic around that, and because of that, she caught these. Secondhand, it's almost like secondhand smoke a lot of times. She was sitting behind the couch, like knitting, not wanting to like pay, 
take part in the Jesus conversation, but she's catching those. Oh man, it's contagious. I really want to make a COVID joke, but I feel like it's too soon. Long story short, Megan is now leading a care group and ministering and discipling middle school students, last time I checked. Megan experienced God. Megan experienced spiritual growth in community. It happens in community. This is why it's so important to discipleship. This is why it's so important to have community, to build community, to be a, an advocate for community. If you're going to make disciples, you're going to need that. You don't do it alone. We have this, we have this, this annoying picture that we keep throwing at you, right? This, this, this graphic of following and climbing a mountain, right? And helping somebody up the mountain, right? Talking about following Jesus, being changed by Jesus and being on mission with Jesus. Well, tell, let me tell you what, when your community is following Jesus and you invite someone to join you, if my community is following Jesus, if we are all just trekking on up that mountain and we invite somebody to come along with us and join us, they are now following Jesus to a small degree. Like if I'm following Jesus and I'm inviting them to come with me and they decide to come along, they're now following Jesus, whether or not they know it, to a small degree. And pretty soon they're going to realize it because pretty soon you're going to start to see that Jesus wants to change you because community is going to bring about these spiritual growths. You're going to be changed. And then you get, a, you get a choice. You can either go along with the change or you stop following and you leave that community. We read about that in our LTG readings this week in John, right? Jesus delivers some hard truths that are going to change some people something about cannibalism. And, and then people are like, no, no, I'm out, I'm out. And they all left, right? But his, his core group stayed with him. If you're like, what is, what is Logan talking about? Well, go, go read the LTG reading for last week and you'll, you'll figure out where, where I'm talking about. Okay, so hopefully at this point, I've got you convinced. Community's important. All right, cool, cool. Yes, Logan, absolutely. But here's the thing. When, when I invite people into community, which I, which I agree is absolutely important. Yep, Logan's convinced me of that. Um, when I invite them in, it's scary. Uh, or, or they might not like the idea. Um, okay, fair enough. Let's talk about some reasons that people will use to avoid community. Now, if you're hearing this, maybe, and you're, yeah, I don't know, maybe you've used some of these. I know I have. Let's talk about these, though. First one, I don't need community. This resonates with my independent Montanan soul. I found my homeland when I moved to Montana because we're all ruggedly independent and we don't need nobody. Absolutely not. I'm going to do that on my own. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. <clears throat> Y'all remember the, the student that I talked about a couple weeks ago? This is my student from a couple weeks ago. He did not think he needed, he loved being independent. He didn't want to have to rely on anybody. Community means that you have to bond with people. And that is an uncomfortable 
thing because bonding means that I can be hurt by this person. If I, if I let you in, if I, if I bond with you, you now have some power over me and you can hurt me. And being hurt sucks. And thus, big brain moment here, I will avoid community, even if it means I'm miserable. I will avoid community so that I can't be hurt. Oh, man. And the reason I, I identified this in my, in my student was because like, I've used that. I get that. I feel that on a very real level. Let me tell you the, the solution to this. The way you disciple somebody who might be responding this way is you spend time with this person and genuinely love them. That's all you got to do. You spend time with them and you genuinely love them. That's your part. Well, your part, my part, God, you know, their part, my part, God's part, somebody's part. There's parts to be had. You spend time with them and genuinely love them and God is gonna start pulling down those walls. Guarantee it. Can't tell you how fast it'll happen, but it will happen. All right, let's, let's go to another one. Maybe, maybe another reason is uh, maybe I like my current healthy or I like my current community. Person might say like, I, I don't need God community. I like my community. Or I like my unhealthy community what that translates to a lot of times. You know people like this. Maybe you are a maybe you are a people like this. Right? There's a couple reasons this might be. They might not know any different. They might be afraid to leave that community. That's all they've ever known. That could be terrifying. Change is scary. They might not want to give up the perks. Like if I leave this established community that I'm a part of and yeah, it might be unhealthy, might not be the best, but but I'm established in it. Maybe I'm the king of the king of the pile. I'm a, up I'm a, up at the top of the food chain. And if I leave this community, I'm gonna have to start over somewhere. I don't want to give up those perks. I don't want to give up the the uh, things that I desire that this community gives me. I'll tell you the, the solution for any of these is patience and relationship with them. You invite them in. You just keep inviting them in and you be patient and you go out and you meet them where they're at. You get down in the well with them, to use our previous analogy. You get down in there with them and you talk about that. But you invite them in patiently and you just keep going after it. And you show them how God's community is different. You show them how God's community is going to be the thing that they need. You slowly build that trust so that they can take that faith step and get into a healthy God community. Patience and relationship. Once again, sounds a lot like a crock pot, not a microwave. Another reason you might hear is I don't have bandwidth for more community, Right? Or uh, I'd say, I don't have time for more community. Well, first off, that might be true. Like humans are like Lego bricks. We only got so many places that you can stick people onto, right? You know, only, and, and different people have different amounts that they can handle. Sure, that's fair. I think for a lot of us, we'll use this excuse because we haven't experienced a thriving God community. Let me tell you about Intern Logan. Intern Logan existed back in uh, the year 2014, the year of our Lord, 2014. And uh, Intern Logan worked 
full-time at Macy's and then did full-time internship on top of that and worked about a billion hours a week. Sounds very different from Logan of today. There's no relation to those guys. Um, Intern Logan worked a lot of hours and would get home on Wednesday nights to his house. And a lot of times I would come home and there would be 12 people at my house that I, you know, I was hosting Brenner. I was hosting the community. And by hosting, I mean, I told them where the extra key was. And I said, yeah, y'all, I don't care. Use my house. That was, (laughs) that was as much effort as I put in. But you know what? By the time that community got established, I had people coming over to help clean on Wednesdays when I wasn't able to get there and get it ready, right? They'd be like, yeah, I I got some extra time. I'm going to come clean before Brenner. That was fantastic. Uh, I had people like bringing food and making food. So I would arrive home to a healthy environment and it was fantastic. And if I needed some alone time, I would just like find a corner and like sit with my pancakes by myself. Me, I'm, I was kind of extroverted at that point, kind of heavy on that side of things, so I usually didn't, but it was there. It was fantastic. I don't think most people have experienced that sort of community because I'll tell you what, you get a taste of that and you never want anything different. <clears throat> Last thing, last reason why you might run into this here is, uh, you know, I just don't know how to find the right community. I just don't know how to find it. Let me tell you this. This is a giant red flare shooting up into the sky of God telling you why you are there for this person. Like, this is such an easy sell. They don't know how to find it? Well, allow me to invite you into it. Oh, like, Lord, please give me more of these in my life. Hey, why don't you come to Care Group? Hey, why don't you come to LTG with me? Hey, let's go grab coffee. Hey, let's go to church and then we're going to go out for ice cream afterwards or something. Like, see how easy this is? Like, they don't know how to find it. You just give it, you just show them. Absolutely. Uh, that's only assuming you are in the right community. You can't lead somebody someplace where you are not. It doesn't work that way. So let's talk implication. you need to value, hopefully I've got you convinced at this point, that you need to value God's community. Not only for yourself, but for those around you. This means you will stop at nothing. You'll stop at nothing to keep inviting them until they come inside. If 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 you value God's community, then you're going to value it for the people around you also. And you're going to say, you guys need this. And I'm going to keep inviting you. I don't have any choice but to keep inviting you until you come in and experience this because it's life-giving. It's on a different level. That's what good community is. Incessantly and gently inviting them over and over and over. Let me tell you about a friend. I've been inviting the same friend for like three years to join into godly, healthy community. I, it looks like forging a friendship. It, like, it looks like forging trust and always inviting them into whatever is going on, whether that be care group or dinner or floating the river or going to the movies or going to Walmart, right? Pulling a gen and inviting the middle schooler who's a grown adult to Walmart with me. 
I'll tell you what, I'm seeing slow progress. That's what this looks like. I can't help but invite them. Like, of course I'm going to invite them. They need this. They're part of the body. They're a finger. I've only got nine fingers right now. I need them to join. Right? Somebody pressed the button. <laughs> that was wild. Hello? <laughs> All right. Slow progress is progress. Let's talk about some action items. Let's talk about some, some tangible things that we can do this week to start moving down this path of, of valuing God's community and inviting people in. Where does the rubber meet the road? First one is take the step of faith that is being part of community. If you're not in community, you need to take that step of faith. And if you're inviting someone in, you need to understand that this is a step of faith. And it can be scary. It's easy for me to forget sometimes. Like, yeah, come on, do it. Just do it. Right? Like, I know you need this. You're going to love it. Just do it. Jump off the diving board. It's going to be fun. I promise. It's still a step of faith. But you need to do it. When I was a kid, I had journeyed away from the church. I was moving down a path away from the church. I, I didn't have good community at church. I was in middle schoolish, probably about 14. I was moving away from the church, um, and I had disconnected kind of. I would work every Sunday just to avoid this. And my parents saw this happening, and so they decided we're going to find a church that has a better program or a, a better community for myself and my brother Brian to be a part of. And so we started checking out, they started checking out other churches, and I got strong arm. it was Palm Sunday, couldn't skip, like there was no way I was getting out of Palm Sunday and Easter, like those were two I was not talking my way out of, all right. So I kind of got strong-armed or incessantly invited, cornered uh, into going to youth group by my dad and the youth pastor, Terry, and I didn't fight it too hard, um, but they, they got me, and, 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 and I got there, and I started to find a community that didn't suck, which for 14-year-old Logan was refreshing, because I didn't have good friends at school. Like, school was rough. It was dog-eat-dog, dog, and I was usually the dog being eaten. Um, that wasn't a lot of fun. So I was just kind of cynical on people, especially people my age. Um, so I started to find a community that didn't suck, and that was fantastic. And then, so that was, that was a little, little step of faith. And then, then I went in on, on houseboats, which was the summer trip, and I remember getting into the van to leave for houseboats, which was all the way down in Sacramento from southern Idaho. It was like a 12, I don't know, 14-hour van ride or something. We broke it up and camped on the way down. Like, this is a big trip. <laughs> Going with people that I... Uh, I mean, this was in, I think, late June, if I remember right. And I had met these people in maybe mid-April? For somewhere around that time, Easter time? So I didn't know these people too well. 
And I didn't know what this trip was. I, I remember them telling me about the trip in the van ride on the way down. Big leap of faith. Just like, all right, I'm going to go do this. Okay, I'm doing houseboats. What is houseboats? It's a step of faith. And it was good. It was the best week of my life. God showed up there. I got to be me and just kind of let my walls down and just be me. And people loved me for being me, which was as a dopey, crazy, psychotic Logan. Like, there's pictures. I was a weird child. And I was just loved and accepted. It was a healthy community. Oh, man. That sent me down a different path. So that's our first action item, is take that step of faith. And I've, I've unknowingly, no, I knew it. I've kind of told you what action item number two is, or better yet, I've demonstrated it. Because action item number two is share your stories of what community is meant for you which is what I was just doing to tell you that you should take that step of faith. You see how this looks? My goodness, that worked out well. Who planned this thing? It wasn't me. <laughs> see, this is the reason why I get after community so much. This is why I'm, this is why I'm like, I, 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 will, I will plant my flag on this hill and I will die on this hill. It is important. Because I saw the effect that it had on my life. Like, I, I remember there was four of us in that Methodist church when I was a kid. Where we, and we all kind of four just started to drift away and we stopped going or we stopped caring was a better description. And we all did that at the same time. And I remember my one friend who was a year older than me and he started to drift away at the same time as me and we had gone to church camp together and we were thick as thieves all through that and, and we both started to drift away and it was like we were both following the same path and then there was a divergent, like it, there was a Y in the road and he went this way and I got reconnected to the church and healthy community. And the paths that we took were very different and he lost his faith. And his high school years looked drastically different than mine. We're still friends. And he, he's no longer connected to God. Not like that. And I, I look back on that, and I didn't even realize that until my dad pointed that out, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or so. And, and it was a, it was a, like a gut-wrenching feeling. I probably wouldn't have gone and uh, married into a different religion like he did, but I would have trashed my life. I could have gone down that path. And community came in, and relationships, and getting connected shared new habits and new truths, and it completely changed the trajectory of my life. I'm not saying God couldn't have like, brought me back in. I, I have a feeling he would have wrestled me in either way. I tend to be like Jonah like that. He's like, no, you will go to Nineveh. But it would have looked different. So I will, I will die on that hill. And this is what you do. You share your stories. There's an opportunity to practice what we did last week of writing down your stories. This is another story to write down. Think about that. How has this affected you? Last one, we'll wrap this up here. Is you need to be value added 
in that community that God has placed you in. Be value added. You're a part of the body. You're that finger, remember? Without his finger, how is Rob going to communicate to people as he's driving on reserve? Oh, it would be, it'd be terrible. He has to have, you, you are an important, that's an important part of his body. He has to have that finger. You're, you're a part of the body. You have a role to play. Let me tell you a little bit more about houseboats. Houseboats was this camp, as I found out in the van ride down. And, and there was like 18 of us on a boat that was about as small and cramped as our offices are here. Like, it was like, I, I don't know, maybe it, it was small. It was not a big houseboat. We were sleeping on top of it. Like, you were, you were not getting away from anybody that week. If you had beef with them, it was going to get settled. I love houseboats. So good. But the philosophy that Terry, my youth pastor, had, and he started us with this, this idea. He's like, we're going to be on this, we're going to be on this boat this week. And your job this week is to serve everybody. So there's 18 of us. I can do the math. That's one person serving 17. And that might sound daunting. You'd be like, well, that sounds like a sucky community. Well, but here's, here's, here's how this works. That also meant I had 17 people serving me and looking out for me all the time. That's what that meant. So yeah, I'm serving them, but I got 17 people serving me, which sounds a whole lot like my Brenner group. I didn't intend for that to happen. It just did. It's like God's community works that way or something. Gosh, that sounds a lot like Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where they're dedicating themselves to fellowship. And then later, I think it's after that, they start talking about how they all get commune, you know, they all get, they all become hippie commies and they share like everything and they're breaking bread together and they're praying and they're taking care of each other's needs. Which for this red-blooded American, I'm like, well, that's just crazy talk, right? Man, that sounds a lot like God's kingdom. 17 people taking care of me, me taking care of, whatever I can as my part of the body allows me to do. Be value added. You don't just get to show up in God's community. There might be a time where that's what you, what you need. There might be a time where that's your purpose, that's your role. Like you just need to get involved, let God's community minister to you. But you need, eventually you become value added. You have to play your role. If the finger isn't working properly, if the appendix is not functioning as it should, if it is not being value added, which I don't know what the appendix adds to your body, but I know that if it stops working properly, it gets removed. Like eventually you have to be value added to your community. And so if this is where you're at, figuring out where you need to be value added, encourage you to wrestle with that. Pray about that this week. Ask God, what do I need to be doing? What's my role in your community? Who do I need to be helping along, maybe, or inviting in? Because we're going to come back to this picture. Because as we are being disciples and we are following Jesus and being changed by Jesus and being on mission with Jesus, 
Community is where people who are following Jesus, and if you are following Jesus, you have to be in community. Like it, I, I hope you've got that by this point. Community is where people who are following Jesus experience change. It's where they experience growth. It's where they experience transformation. It's where lives change. It's where people like Megan go from unbelief to belief to further. Like, and why wouldn't you just be stoked and excited and just out of your mind about seeing that happen to people that you care about? So invite people into community this week. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come say hello. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.